0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Stew with JT Brew on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. Today in The Stew, we're discussing week one of the NFL season, and we're going to talk a lot about rookie debuts, seeing what we like, didn't like, good with the bad, and kind of what maybe we are expecting in the future. Make sure to stick with us here. You're in The Stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you moved? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to so start an institute. Make evaluations like a commission to do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. Update bet your roster in picking choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than simply through sifting through new statistics to make it to work in zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who kick in groups, I introduce. You did the stew with JT Brew. Hello and welcome to The Stew with JT Brew. I'm your host, Justin Taylor. Joining me today, Sam Waldorf, a guy from Dynasty Pro's football channel. As we're going to talk a little bit about week one, kind of what we liked, didn't like. And then we're really going to kind of dive more into the rookie debuts from uh, the 2023 class that people were really excited about. Uh got to see some good, some bad, some ugly in week 1, but we're going to kind of go over that. Sam, thanks for joining me. Uh what'd you think? Week 1 finally in the books. We've been waiting all summer talking about all these games, all these players and we finally got to got to see some football action. I was pretty pumped.
1: Yeah, I mean, we wait so long for this that once we finally get to sit down all Sunday and and watch it, uh it kind of feels surreal and then we are quickly reminded the stress and anxiety that comes with watching our fantasy teams and not rooting for your players to get hurt and the scores and you know it's it's awesome to care so much about something that means so little on a surface level but it also means so much to us in our hearts and just <laughs> our our everything man you know that's the that's the joy it's the caring about the outcome that's the joy of fantasy for me
0: yeah there's some highs and lows for me as a as a Colts season ticket holder and a Steelers fan uh you know two br- pretty brutal losses also I live in Illinois so Bears country with all my uh Bears fans and uh a brutal three uh three games there for the for for all the fans of those uh teams we just uh got beat down in all those games and surprisingly the Colts looked the best out of all of them which uh, I was a little shocked about but. I tell you what, we always talk about it every year. Injuries are part of football is just what happens. Usually we get a little bit of time before we start seeing like season altering injuries, man, but there was a bunch in week one, Aaron Rodgers, J.K. Dobbins, the Achilles tears, guys getting injured left and right. I I don't know if I felt like I've had more of a stressful first waiver wire run in, a, in, a, in a, a fantasy season than this year. Granted, I'm in a million leagues this year, so that also puts a little more stressor on it. But I felt like I was in there. I had a ton of J.K. Dobbins. I don't know about you, but I had a ton of guys with injuries, um, even guys like Evan uh, Hull from Indianapolis. I thought I was going to get some play out of. He quickly went to IR. A lot of guys with a new IR rule in the NFL would them being able to go on IR for four weeks, and not have to be out, you know, eight weeks for the whole season. Teams are a lot more quickly putting guys on IR than they were in the past. But, yeah, I had got on there, and I was trying to pick up guys everywhere because I was like, I know I need help in a lot of leagues. What what about you?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely with with the Dobbins sentiment, man. Like, I just – I love J.K. Dobbins, and I just feel so bad for that guy working for his contract all offseason. And just to go down week one, like you said, it almost felt – just like surreal sitting there being like he can't actually just be out like already can he and um just then like you said I felt so ready to go on the waiver wire because not only were there guys I wanted to add but I was having to replace JK Dobbins, or you know people are replacing replace Deontay Johnson like there are decisions already being made so Um, It just put a big emphasis on trying to get some of these guys on the waiver wire that we're hoping can keep their roles instead of being just a one week flash.
0: Yeah, that's the other crazy thing is when the injuries happen this early, we haven't had a lot of time to look and see who might be that second guy who might be the next up. You know, we saw some guys play. But I'm sure a lot of these coaching staffs didn't expect to have to play all these guys. They probably didn't have a huge game plan set. And then all of a sudden, we're seeing you know Gus John, uh, Gus Edwards. We're seeing Justice Hill for the first time in a while. And you know, so now we're going to week two. Like, which is the guy you pick up? And right now, it's just a guessing game. I think in a lot of with a lot of these situations, and you're hoping you pick the right guy. Uh, but that's that is uh, fancy football with the waiver wire. So pretty interesting. Uh, Before we get into these rookie debuts and kind of like anything kind of stand out to you, either individual performances, teams that you saw look better or worse than you thought, Uh, kind of give me a little bit of your your quick week one breakdown. Um, Yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, I think something we saw with a lot of teams, whether it was the Eagles, the Bills, um, Minnesota, is that let's not be too quick to just. Dismiss some of these offenses I think with quarterbacks and teams especially not playing as much in the preseason recently I think it's expected for there to be a little rust um, so I mean the Bengals first add that right on but um, I, I know it's really easy to to react and overreact to week one but I think stay the course with a lot of guys you know trust your studs but Also, definitely be open to exploring some things we did see this weekend, and it's kind of creating that balance between the two. Um, Loved what I saw in San Fran. I think Brock Purdy is the perfect player for that offense. Um, He may not ever put up those Josh Allen numbers, but he's more of a gunslinger, I think, than people give him credit for, meaning he's willing to take shots. And when you have good offensive weapons, you kind of want someone that's going to take some shots for your fantasy team. So I think that was really impressive to me. Um, Loves what I saw in Miami. Um, I just think year two, uh, McDaniels coming over there, I just think it looked a lot more comfortable. And what I really liked was last year, it looked like he was really only featuring Waddle and Hill and then the running attack. And this year he was kind of working in some of those other weapons that aren't, I don't know if weapon is the right term for Braxton Berrios, but like, you know, Durham, Smythe, Craycraft, and Barrios all had over five targets. So I really liked to see that Tua shared the ball around a little more, which I think will be good for that offense in the long run.
0: Yeah, I loved what I saw out of Miami. Uh, I traded for Tua everywhere in the offseason. There was just a ton of leagues I was in with guys who were out on him. They were nervous about him. They were nervous about the concussions. Uh, they just weren't a believer in them. And I was like, give me give me all the two of us. So I took a ton of two so of us. I was pumped to see him show out week one. Hopefully he stays healthy and that offense keeps zinging. But they look good. Justin Herbert, the Chargers, game of the week. I mean, they look great too. Uh, so it was a weird week where we had some really good performances, some really good games. But, man, there was some ugly football on Sunday. That ravens Texans game. Oh, brutal to watch. Saints-Titans game, another brutal game, unless you just love defense. I mean, those those games were tough. The browns Bengals game, I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Um, but I, I think it's just a reminder. The NFL is the NFL for a reason. These guys are good. Even the bad teams can show up and win. And turnovers make a huge difference. We it's said all the time by coaching staff that turnovers win games. But man, you saw some of these teams when they had to, uh, problems with turnovers, they just couldn't overcome them, yeah, even if they were by far the better team. So, in, in classic, you know, NFL fashion, we talked we talked up all these teams we loved. We talked, you know, down about all these teams we hated, and then you just see see it go, all go sideways once week one. I mean. Big ones for me, um, I wasn't a big Giants believer, but the way the Cowboys hammered them was huge. Uh, I can't believe—I still can't believe that Jets win. That was one of the craziest games I've seen in a long time. Uh, the Rams, I was completely out on the Rams, and we'll talk a little bit about them with the rookies. But they put it to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks did not look good. Matt Stafford looked like the old Matt Stafford. It was pretty unbelievable. I did not see that one coming. Uh the Patriots played completely opposite of what we thought they would play and still almost won against the Eagles. So that was a pretty interesting one. And uh the Broncos, everybody was hoping Sean Payton fixed it. I don't know when that's gonna happen. I I could not believe the Raiders won that game. So that was another one that kind of had had me perplexed a little bit. Uh but yeah, it was it was an interesting first week. So now as we we will talk a little bit more about some of these games, as we talk about some of the rookies on our list, but let's, uh let's jump in one of the big games. Everybody kind of wanting to see, let's start with the QBs. Let's go with the QBs. We're going to start with my guy, Anthony Richardson for the Colts. I was at the game. I watched the game. I'm going to let Sam, I'm gonna let you give your two cents kind of on it before I jump into my tirade about AR. Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I think first analysis, um, I liked what I saw scheme-wise from the Colts, um, which I think we all anticipated with uh, you know the OC coming over from the Eagles to coach the Colts this year. Seemed like a pretty normal transition from developing Jalen Hurts to developing Anthony Richardson, right? Um, I loved the inclusion of the wide receivers. I felt – It was cool to be able to see Josh Downs get a couple catches in that first game already. Um, I loved the short pass to Pittman on, you know, for the screen for his big play. Um, I do think you can definitely tell they miss, of course they miss Jonathan Taylor, but like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be nice to just have even a league average running back back there, let alone someone who is really good. Um, I do think my first takeaway is, Anthony Richardson, man, learn to get down because that dude was taking some hits um, that, I mean, he's big. He he really is. He, he runs like Josh Allen almost. Like, he's got that kind of size to him when he runs. And it's like, you just don't have to take those hits on your legs. Get down. Live another day. This is not a Super Bowl season for the Colts. Like, you do not have to be that guy this year. Um, But I think in general, I thought it was a good building block for the Colts offense. They're obviously not fully there, and it was week one. But in general, I liked what I saw out of Richardson. I think it's similar. I think it's what we expected, right? No one thought he was going to come in and just light the world on fire, but he looks like a good athlete, and he definitely was looking in the right places to throw it. He just didn't always hit the throws every time.
0: Yeah, I I agree with this. So kind of my analysis of the game, I actually was pretty impressed with them. I I thought he played pretty well uh, under the circumstances. they, They had zero running game. I mean, zero running game outside of AR himself. I mean, Deion Jackson, 13 carries for 14 yards. Jake Funk, two carries for 10. Evan Hall, one for one. I mean, they were getting no push up front. Uh, they had four times on fourth down they got stopped in this game fourth and short every time <laughs> I'm like there was i one play that they definitely did not figure out from the Eagles was how to do the Jalen hurts push rugby push from behind because man they missed on two fourth and inches with a 250 pound quarterback. I was losing my mind I was like how do you not get that first down there and it, it's like AR just fell. It was great. It's like it's like it almost was like he had never run a QB sneak, and if that's the case, they gotta get rid of that, and they just gotta call a, a set run play. But it's like he took the snap and just like fell on the backs. He didn't even turn his legs. He didn't look for a hole. And so I was like, that's something they're definitely gonna have to work on because that was, it was a huge factor in this game. They were beating Jacksonville. They could have won this game, and not having JT was huge because when they got up in the fourth quarter, they just they. They didn't have any running game to try to, like, take any pressure off AR, and he had to throw. Or they just ran up the middle for a one-yard loss, one-yard loss, and then they punted. So I thought he was more accurate um, than I thought he would maybe be. I mean, 65%, 24 or 37, I was pretty impressed with. Uh, We know he throws a good deep ball. Those short passes have been his problem. He really looked like he was thinking about those short passes a little more in the game. You could, oh, he was a little slow on the release on him, but it was like, almost like he was taking his time to make sure he was being accurate with him. Uh, and I thought he looked better than he did in the preseason. Got a touchdown run, got a touchdown pass. I, I hate to say it. Like you said, he needs to get down on some of these runs, but they're going to need to set up more runs for him. They did not have a lot of set running plays for him at all. Uh, he should have had another rushing touchdown late in the game. They got stopped on fourth and one at the very end of the game on the goal line, where he kind of got banged on his knee, and they ended up taking him out because it was essentially over, and they ended up not scoring. But he could have had another touchdown, and his stats would have looked even better with 223 passing a touchdown. Now the interception was terrible. It was it was a classic rookie mistake. He threw with there's two guys in the same zone, tried to throw to the like. The underneath guy and he there was just a guy blanking at it. So it was a really bad throw. So I'll give anybody that saw that it was. But for the most part all day he looked pretty well. Now the question there the they're gonna have to answer is how do they get Alec Pierce involved? They did not throw the ball deep at all, which I just couldn't believe because that's what AR is best at. But the part of the problem I think they couldn't get any play action game going because the running game was so bad. So that hurt on some of the deep shots, and they, the Jags, were playing fifteen yards off Alec Pierce. I mean, they were playing deep over the top of him. They basically said, "We're not going to let you beat us deep." And so they're going to have to figure out some way to get Alec Pierce on comeback routes. So the only catch he got was like a a crossing route, like a, I think it was like five yards, maybe on a crossing route. Yes, a five yard. That's the only. They're going to have to run different stuff with him to get him open. Uh, but for me, overall, a lot of people were giving out grades, saying, hey, what'd you think? I'm telling you, I think it was a B- minus for AR. I, I, and, and he was under pressure all day. I mean, he had four sacks against them. They were bringing the heat, uh, the Jags were. Uh, but I was impressed that the Colts were in the game the whole game. They, it was a game they could have won, definitely could have won. So for me as a Colts fan, and just like an AR in fantasy, I just think a huge upside for him. He looked a lot better than if you would have asked me you know, four months ago when he got drafted, if he starts week one against the Jags, how is he going to look? I would have never thought he would have looked this good. I really didn't. I, I, it, it, he has definitely come a long way in camp, and I think the fact that they kind of committed to him early, I think has maybe helped his development. And I, I like what Strike has done, but they're going to have to open up the offense. They were very, very, very conservative with him. Very conservative. But they're going to have to let him take some deep shots eventually uh, going down the stretch. So that's my long, long long-winded rant on (laughs) on Anthony Richardson. So keep the faith. Obviously, you want him everywhere you can get him. You probably can't go get him for anything other than, you know, just a treasure trove at this point in fantasy. Uh, Let's jump down our next two QBs. Let's talk about the other guys so cj stroud and the texans so we talked about a little bit rough game at at the ravens that's not where you want to open your career as a rookie qb they lose it 25 to 9 and kind of what we thought cj stroud was under duress most of the day
1: yeah i mean i i don't think it's it's an unrealistic expectation to think he's going to come in there at the ravens and and perform super well but um I'm not saying Stroud looked bad but it wasn't a hot start like you said that's a tough situation I don't think many people really would have succeeded in that situation um that offense just looks rough man like when you're uh, nothing against Robert Woods but when you're leaning on Robert Woods as the only thing moving the chains like He just needs anything out there. Like, it looked like that year one Trevor Lawrence team where you're just like, dude, there is no one to throw this ball to. And like, you know, Damian Pierce looked fine, but with that game script, the O-line didn't look too great. They didn't respect the pass game at all. So it just didn't really matter for them. They never got anything going. And I don't really think we got to learn too much about CJ Stroud.
0: Yeah, I, I still like C.J. Stroud. I'm a believer in Stroud. My biggest issue was him going to the Texans, really. I uh, He was a guy I thought would have been great in Indy. Um, I still think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback if he doesn't get ruined early in his career. I mean, he's 28 at 44, 63% passing, 242 yards. Did not throw the ball deep at all. They again they were throwing a lot of dump-offs, a lot of short passes. But again, I think that's partly their O line is just so bad. He got sacked five times for 76 yards. Uh, you know, they couldn't run the ball, which is again when you want a rookie QB, you gotta try to run the rock uh to save him having to throw a lot. And yet it's gonna be interesting to see out of this wide receiver court if anyone's ever able to step up. Any of the rookies, Xavier Hutchinson had one catch, uh Tank Dell had three for 34. Nico, a guy I've kind of busted, uh, Nico Collins, 6 of 80 was their leading receiver. Uh, but, yeah, it just – it seemed like they just are going to struggle to move the ball this year. It really does. So, I, I, did, I thought it was a decent performance with Stroud, but I'm really worried about him getting beat up with that offensive line, and I just don't think that team has enough playmakers to help him out. I feel like he's going to have to make every play, which you never want to see that out of your rookie QB.
1: Yeah, I think the one benefit is that that division does have an easier schedule than other divisions, you know, um, you know, Stroud, he's going to play the Titans twice who aren't going to be putting up 40 a game. He's going to play the Colts twice. We just talked about a year one quarterback, NFC South, you know, those are going to be some close games. So at least he's going to have a chance to go in and win some games, um, so I think we're going to learn more about him as the year goes on. But someone's going to have to ascend to the top of that wide receiver depth chart for sure and prove them, prove themselves to be a weapon and a reliable weapon. I think we think it could be Nico Collins, but I mean, his stat line looks okay. But in watching the game, it didn't look that pretty. It, you weren't ever like, wow, Nico looks great, man. Mm-hmm. It just He caught some balls because they were down. That was really about it.
0: Yeah, let's move on to the third rookie quarterback taken in the in the top ten. There, the number one overall pick, Bryce Young, getting his debut against everybody's favorite running back, Bijan Robinson. The other, uh, you know, one one or one two, depending on your league for fantasy. So everybody kind of had their eyes on this game, a division game, getting to see these two guys go against each other. First one, and Bryce Young. Now, he actually. The offense for the Panthers tried to open it up a little bit more than the Texans and the Colts did, but they didn't have a whole lot of success trying to open up. Again, not a ton of weapons there for Bryce Young. He struggled a bit, 12 of 38, 52%, 146 yards by far, the least out of any of the rookies. One touchdown, two uh, interceptions, got sacked twice in the game. Ran the ball a little bit, had uh, three carries for 17 yards, but also did have a fumble. Um, I think this Panthers team is going to be a little bit rough. I really do. And again, I don't know if they have the weapons to really make Bryce Young go. I think Bryce Young is still a good player. I just don't think he's in a great spot right now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest advantage that Anthony Richardson has is that he actually has some playmakers on that team and Pittman downs and potentially Alec Pierce if he gets going but same thing with Bryce Young it's just you know I mean we have high hopes for Jonathan Mingo but that was his first game too and I do think Bryce Young when he felt confident he did hit some throws that made him look like I think he looked like the best passer out of the three this week but he made a couple big mistakes in those those couple interceptions he threw to Jesse Bates um But I think for Young, I think I could attribute that more of a welcome to the NFL. And I think he might be able to correct those and just thinking like, you know, safeties aren't jumping routes like that in college. And he just got Mm -hmm. jumped by a really good player. And I think he might have learned that, hey, when I see that look, that guy is not open. And I think he may have learned that week one. And let's see if he can correct that moving forward. Um, Looks like he may have found a buddy in Hayden Hurst, though. So, I mean, you're looking for a deep streamer. Hayden Hurst didn't look terrible and looked like a guy Bryce Young was going to feed the ball to at least.
0: Yeah, I I was kind of coming around to Hayden Hurst uh, near the end of preseason thinking maybe he would kind of be that guy. I was thinking Dalton Schultz might be that guy for the Texans. And Schultz didn't get much action in that game. So hopefully he gets a lot. But Hurst, uh, Hurst looked pretty good. As far as you know, leading the team, five catches, forty-one yards, and a touchdown on seven targets, as he led the team in in every one of those categories. Uh, The Falcons. Now, the Panthers weren't real impressive as a team. The Falcons were better. People were really frustrated in a a lot of ways with this game, just by Arthur Smith, the play calling, and kind of what they did. But like he said, they just want the win. They don't care how ugly it is. They do it. I think there's going to be a lot of ugly Falcons football games this year. Bijan, the uh, debut everybody wanted to see scored right off the bat on a touchdown reception on a on a really nice juke move where he basically stopped on a dime and a guy ran by him and then he turned on the burners into the end zone. was real nice, but we did not see the volume I think we thought we might see for him. He had 10 carries for 56 yards, had a 21-yard carry, real nice. Uh, not a lot of yardage in the passing game, but had six catches for 27 yards, so you got to like that getting involved there six catches 27 yards and that touchdown the thing that really surprised people I know we talked about it offseason that Tyler Algier wasn't just gonna disappear all at once but man 15 carries 75 yards two touchdowns three catches 19 yards it looks like they're gonna play both these guys a lot I would expect that to kind of swing to Bijan as the season goes on uh, I know Chris Joel Smith loved it. We had a bet uh, on touches that he won. Wa- he thought Algier would outtouch Robinson Week One. I took the bet. I lost <laughs> the bet. Um, it was close, but it was uh, eighteen to sixteen in touches. But uh, I think we're going to use both guys. Uh, but I was a little surprised at how much Algier got the ball and how little Bijan uh, only got ten carries.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, like we said, I, it should slowly shift to Bijan. That's what we're all hoping. But I think the biggest worry is that Algier looks good,
0: right? Like it's not like he looked better than I thought. I was like, I just was not expecting it at all. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, they're playing him, and then like I'm looking at the highlights. And I'm like, he actually looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it'd be one thing, if they were feeding him the ball and he and he wasn't hitting the holes and he wasn't accomplishing what that offense wants, but. He was. I mean, he he was moving the chains. He was having good runs. He broke a couple. Um, Bijan looks like an absolute freak with the ball in his hands, just like we all thought. Um, and catches are more valuable than carries. So as long as he's involved in the passing game, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. But, you know, 1-1, you're definitely hoping for a guy to have a workhorse role, not be the 1A, 1B kind of guy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm not scared for Bijan. I think he's going to be great. I mean, obviously, the Falcons are going to run the ball, so I'm not worried about there. And then they did not want to go downfield with Ritter at all. So I could see a ton of dump-offs in Bijan's future. Uh, a guy that played the Thursday night game, we didn't talk about it yet, was the Lions versus the Chiefs. Lions get the big win, 21-20. to Jameer Gibbs, you know, the rookie out of Alabama, everybody kind of – you know, was a little surprised when they jumped up and took him so early. He showed he's got some bursts. He's got some moves. But uh, David Montgomery isn't dead. 21 carries, 74 yards on touchdown for Montgomery. So anyone who thought Gibbs was going to go there and just completely take that rollover, they're going to have to wait. He got some touches. He did get some touches, and he looked good on those touches. Seven carries for 42 yards. He also had two catches for 18 yards. Kind of what would you think about Gibbs in his debut? Yeah,
1: I mean, I thought Gibbs looked really explosive for sure. Um, The worry is going to be what that split is. And I just, I don't know if as long as Montgomery's there, if Gibbs is ever going to fully really take over and be more than a 50% split kind of guy. Like, obviously, even the Lions know he looks more explosive, but it's not all about explosiveness, like per touch or whatever you want to call it. I think they just don't want to overuse the guy and get him hurt right away. I mean, Dan Campbell, you know, came from the Saints where they had Kamara and Ingram. And both of those guys were used year after year when Sean Payton was there. And, you know, it it works well and it, it's all well and good. And Kamara can be an absolute stud if you have a top five offense, right? So if Detroit can have a top five offense, I don't think we have concerns about Gibbs production. But if they're not an elite offense, it could be a little, you know, up and down for Gibbs throughout this first season. But no doubt he looked the part and he belonged on the
0: field. Yeah, a couple other high, highly drafted uh, running backs in fantasy uh, that people were hoping to get a good look on and didn't. Uh, Devin O'Chain, just nothing. For the Dolphins. Uh, so they were pretty much, he's still obviously working his way in the system there. Uh Charbonnet for the Seahawks, three of carries, 11 yards, 12 carries for Kenneth Walker. So everybody thought he was taking over that role right away. Now he's not a guy I'm going to abandon, you know, this early. I had a couple of questions, send me questions like, Hey, should I drop? Charbonnet I'm like oh I wouldn't be dropping him this this quick you know got to give some of these rookies and guys chances uh to make something happen but he didn't get a lot of looks in that game partly for that reason was the Rams were kind of beating him down most of the game a guy I did see that you know I just love and I've been talking about you know forever and ever is Sean Tucker you know obviously the situation with the heart issue and he missed the combine and he he ended up going undrafted, but got picked up on, on a good undrafted uh, salary uh, contract, excuse me, for the Buccaneers. I wanted to see if he'd get used at all. Now, Rashad White was obviously the guy, but Rashad White was a great 17 carries, 39 yards, 2-3 a carry. Tucker got five carries for 15 yards. Now, nothing to, like, blow you away, but he also kept, caught two passes for nine yards uh, compared to the White's two passes for 10. This is a guy I want to keep an eye on. Now, I've got him all over the place, Um, but he's out there in your league. If you're not in a league with me, he might still be out there. I grabbed him everywhere, but I think he's going to work his way in to more playing time and and maybe more of a first or second down role with this Buccaneers team and Rashad White maybe moving himself back to more of that third down role that everybody kind of thought he was going to be coming out of college um they kind of everybody kind of on the offseason like hey he's gonna be the bell cow without Leonard Fournette there I just don't trust that so if you got space and you can make some room on your roster even if you're in a redraft league I think Sean Tucker's gonna have some value coming down the stretch here
1: yeah I mean I like Sean Tucker I'm, I'm rooting for the guy I'm not a Rashad White fan at all um I think the one concern that I would have is they were in that game basically the whole game, and and even Rashad White didn't do much. I just might be concerned about even if Tucker can work his way up to 50% of the running back touches, what is that really worth if the Buccaneers can't produce on the offensive side of the ball? Um, but like you said, I mean, if he's on your waiver wire, if if it's a cheap cost, I, I got nothing against You know, offenses change, and just because the Bucs are a certain way this year doesn't mean that in the next couple years a quarterback change or
0: a system change or anything couldn't
1: change the value and production of some of these players.
0: Yeah, I know we talked about the uh, Texans-Ravens game with C.J. Stroud, but let's talk about Zay Flowers, one of the more impressive debuts uh, for a rookie. The offense did not look great. Uh, Obviously, they ran the ball a ton. Lamar. Lamar did not look good game one. Yobi just got that bad one out of his system. Uh, everything was just kind of dink and dunk. But Flowers, 10 targets, 9 catches, 78 yards, caught a 21-yarder. Uh, Most of the stuff a little bit shorter. But but I was actually – I was impressed. I, I, I mean, if you were a Zay Flowers guy going into the offseason thinking he had a chance to be their number one, he clearly looked like the number one, especially with no Mark Andrews in the lineup for the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I think what you just said is the most important thing to keep in mind. No Mark Andrews. So I don't think I want to jump to any huge revelations about the Ravens offense watching a game without their best offensive weapon. But like you said, Flowers definitely looked like the best wide receiver on the team. And that's really what matters if you're, if you're going to tout Flowers as the guy to have there, right? Um, they, he just threw him the ball, man. It was screens. It was short passes they took shots for him um he just looks he looks like a good player if he can stay healthy i think he's going to be a very good ppr wide receiver um we just need some passing touchdowns out of that offense
0: yeah i like i said if you get flowers i i like him i think he's just going to improve throughout the year and i think that i think this raven's Offense is going to get it together. I think the passing game is going to improve as we get going. A guy I loved coming into the draft was, was my top wide receiver, Jordan Addison from USC. Six targets, four catches, 61 yards, a touchdown, a 39-yarder, a big one. Everyone kind of wondered, you know, what he would do opposite Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson still got his, nine for 150, but... Uh, this team is going to throw the ball a ton this year. I just – this Vikings team is going to throw the ball a ton. Jordan Addison, to me, is the wide receiver, two on this team. Hawkinson, eight catches, 35 yards. You know he's going to get some. But, man, I just think you're going to see Kirk Cousins throw 40 to 50 times every game. So, I think Jordan Addison is going to get a decent amount of that target share. I liked what I saw in him game one. I saw the explosives. The big touchdown was, uh, was nice to see. I just think it's, you know, I just think it's all going up for at Jordan Addison uh, from here on out. He's
1: definitely in the best offense. So I think it's going to be the easiest for him to put up numbers year one. Just because like you said, they're going to throw the ball. Their running attack looks average at best. Their defense isn't great. And they're going to throw the ball in that scheme. And he's going to have some space on the other side of Justin Jefferson. So I don't see any reason Addison couldn't be a, back-end wide receiver two, high upside wide receiver three kind of guy.
0: Uh The other high wide receivers drafted, Quentin Johnston. For the Chargers, didn't see a lot of action. Three targets, two catches, nine yards. I think we kind of expected this, you know, to come out. We No one – I don't think anyone thought he would start fast, and everybody kind of thought, hey, it's going to take an injury to one of the main guys in front of him before he sees it so – I'm not, I'm not, you know, hitting the alarm button just yet on on Johnston. I'm not a huge fan of him in general. I wasn't a big fan of him coming out. I think he could be good in this offense because I just think Justin Herbert's really good. And I think this offense is going to be good. Um But right now he's just got too many guys ahead of him. Uh I, he's a hole for me. I you know, for me, I didn't. Get much from this game? There wasn't much to analyze, saying good or bad for him. It's just going to take time for him to get in there and, and and make his way into the lineup.
1: Well, the Chargers were dominating on the ground so much, we didn't really get to learn too much about their passing game. To be honest, I mean, Herbert looked fine. Um, they definitely could have won that game. They didn't due to some basically dominance by Tyree Kill and uh But um, like you said, I don't think we really learned much about Johnston. I think. If you are a Johnston guy, I don't think you ever thought it was going to be immediate. I think it's going to be him learning. It's going to be his, you know, prototype size speed. That if he can pick up some of the nuances of route running and where to be at the right time, he could improve and become a really good weapon. Um, there's going to be some Quentin Johnston games this year where he goes, you know, three for one ten, and I think he's going to get a couple of deep balls, but. I don't know if on a week-to-week basis we're at the point where you almost even need to be rostering him. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone to cut the guy, but um, redraft, of course. Dynasty, of course, you're holding, you know, you spent a first-round pick on this guy. But, um, you know, he came in for about half that game for Mike Williams, and you, you didn't notice. You know, it didn't really seem like he was out there doing anything else than a normal receiver would do.
0: Yeah, the Seahawks-Rams game, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, the other uh, first-round wide receiver picked. Uh Wrist surgery, was a little surprised he was back for this game. Originally, we got the wrist surgery. You figured he'd miss a couple weeks. Was able to come back playing this game. He had five targets, three catches, 13 yards. Not a lot there, but, man, the Seahawks' pass offense did not look good. I was shocked by this. Um, I just thought the Rams' secondary – was is one of the worst in the league they played better than i expected but the seahawks played a lot worse uh geno really struggled 112 yards passing is all he put up um so again i don't know if there's really anything to say on jsn here is that it was just a the seahawks looked out of sync the offense did not look good and then once they got down to the rams it's kind of like the rams just put them away
1: yeah i mean i think a pattern we saw through a lot of the really bad games of week one is if your offensive line can't block that other team, it doesn't really matter who you have at quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow looked terrible because he had Miles Garrett and that Browns defensive line in his face all game. And I just think it was the same thing for Gino. He was being attacked and he, he couldn't do anything. So it doesn't really matter how good your wide receivers are. If, if you don't have time and you have a guy in your face right away and you're concerned about, protecting the ball and not going down for the sack. Um, they just couldn't get it going. So I'm sure they're just going to try to hit the reset button, but both their tackles were kind of banged up. I mean, they made a call to Jason Peters, man. I, I don't know if it's going to get pretty in the next couple of weeks for the Seahawks.
0: The big, you know, highlight, the guy that shocked everybody was on the other side of the ball in this game. It wasn't Jason. It was Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua out a BYU. People, you know, he had been getting some sleeper buzz uh, around the league and in fantasy football circles. I don't think we saw this coming. Fifteen targets, ten catches, one hundred nineteen yards—most targets I think ever for a rookie in a debut. I mean, he came out to play. No, uh, 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 excuse me. uh, Why am I blanking? Cooper Cup. Sorry about that. I'm blanking on Cooper Cup. No Cooper Cup in this game. You wonder if it'd be a lot of Higby and a lot of dump-offs. Higby, three catches for 49 yards. I played him everywhere thinking he'd get a lot. But Nakua, the huge game, and then Tutu Atwell. Wow, I didn't see that coming out of him. Six catches, 119 yards for him. A big 44-yarder is... Uh, Matt Stafford went off for 334, no touchdowns for him as they ran a couple in, but uh, a pretty solid performance of him. Uh, Puka is a pickup everywhere, I think. Uh, obviously, Cup come, comes back, it's going to cut into his workload, but I think he's he's shown he can be out there and make plays.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was definitely playing the Cooper Cup, quote-unquote, role of that offense with Cooper Cup out, and he looked great. I mean, it, it kind of looked like they were scheming, to get him open by running Atwell and Jefferson deeper and opening up the middle of the field for Puka to be there. And he made all the plays, man. I mean, if you had, if you had told someone who'd never watched a football game, like who the best player on that field was, they would have pointed at Puka and been like, that's the best player on either of these teams, not DK, not JSN, not Lockett. They would have thought it was Puka. So I think he looked great, man. I think it's an awesome story. And like you said, even when cup comes back, If this Rams offense can actually be what we used to think about a Rams offense, you know, a couple of years ago, there's definitely space for multiple weapons to succeed. Um, His upside is obviously capped a lot more if Cup is there because Cup's going to maintain what he does and Cup's going to be featured
0: heavily. But you wouldn't be disappointed in what you saw from Puka if you own him on your team. Absolutely. Uh, Let's jump in quick here to some of the tight ends. You know, everybody kind of talked up this tight end rookie class. Uh, We know history kind of says, hey, rookies, especially tight ends, you got to wait on them. Takes them two, even three years to really kind of hit their stride before you really see what these guys can do. But some good performances and some bad performances uh, here in the uh, opening game. Sam Laporta of the Thursday night game, five catches, 39 yards on five targets. He looks solid to me. He feels like just watching them. He looks like he's gonna be a part of that offense, and they're gonna kind of work him in. Probably gonna see some bigger games and some some games where maybe he doesn't get as many targets. But it was a good sign if you're somebody that picked Laporta expecting to play him this year. I it definitely looks like he's part of that offense. Yeah, I think you would only be
1: happy with what you saw from Laporta. He looked athletic and he was on the field enough. And that's the thing with tight ends, I think, early in the season is you may not see the jaw-dropping stats, but if they're on the field and part of the offense, I think the stats will come. Um, It doesn't take much to be a tight end one in fantasy football, right? So uh, don't expect Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, but this guy could be a a tight end one by the end of the season, no question.
0: Hmm. On the opposite side of him, uh, Michael Mayer for the Raiders. A big nada. Nothing for him. Didn't really use him week one. Uh, The Raiders' offense wasn't real explosive. Anyway, it was a pretty ugly game, but Jacoby Myers was about the only guy really doing much in that game with a little bit of shocker how much they used him uh, along with Devontae Adams, but not much to talk about him. We knew he was a guy that was going to take a while. Um, Again, he he might end up being that guy that's a much better NFL player than he is fantasy player, Uh, but it's going to take a little bit to work him in, into the system. You saw that with the Raiders. They they just had no – we're just not interested in using him uh, this early in the season. On the other side, a guy who did get quite a bit of usage was Dalton Kincaid for the Bills. So Kincaid came out. You know, you wonder kind of how they'd fit him in. They actually ran – the Bills run a ton of two tight end sets in this game. So that is something you, you definitely, if you are a Kincaid fan, you – or an owner, you got to be happy about. He had four targets for 26 yards, nothing wild, but he uh, three ten, uh, three for 25 for Dawson Knox, excuse me. But both those guys were out there for over 30 plus routes run, so that shows you they're playing on using Kincaid now. How explosively be and how many big games we have—that's yet to be seen. But if you you got to be out there to make plays. At least he's going to be out there, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely, the two things with Kincaid. First, I love the, exactly, the snap percentage, right? He was in, he played everyone. That was an island game. We were all watching. Um, And not only was he in, but like you said, most of the times when he was in, they were playing two tight ends technically, but Kincaid was usually split out and Dawson Knox was playing in line. So that's a good thing to see if you're looking for receiving numbers from Kincaid that he's not being asked to do those tight end duties like Knox, maybe. Um, the one thing that I didn't like that I saw was the depth of target, but that could have just been game flow, man. That Jets defense is really good. And yeah, real good. I, you know, if that Buffalo offense puts up more points, like we're used to them seeing, I have a hard time imagining that Kincaid isn't going to be a part of those catches, a couple bigger plays and touchdowns. You know, I'm not scared of Gabe Davis as a number two weapon. So, that's what you want from Kincaid. Can he be the number two in that offense passing attack?
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think he's got a shot. Yeah, I'm the same with you. I'm kind of out on Gabe Davis. I think as the season progresses, you're just going to see them look more and more towards Kincaid. When he did have the ball in his hands, he looked good. He had looked athletic. Uh, so, you know, I was kind of impressed with that debut for him. I love the snap share. Another guy, you know, a lot of people were just weren't sure about was Luke Musgrave, the Green Bay Packers tight end guy was hurt a lot in college, did not have a ton of film, but you know, the measurables are crazy for him. He had a great combine. Three catches, 50 yards, four targets, had a 37-yarder. He showed some flashes. He showed some of that athletic ability if he can stay healthy. I think he's gonna be a guy in the mix here for the Packers. And Jordan Love looked pretty solid. You know, people were a little, a little worried about what he would look like, but he looked pretty good for the Packers, and that definitely um is a good thing for Luke Musgrave.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I'll, I'll just repeat what I said for the other tight ends, but any production from a rookie tight end week one is a good sign. The fact that he was out there means he at least understands enough of the offense to be playing. And I think Musgrave is an athletic enough player that if he can get five targets, I think he could be usable at tight end. So come week 13, 14, 15, Kincaid, Musgrave, Laporta, would not surprise me at all if these are every week starters from the tight end position.
0: Yeah. Give me a, now we kind of went through the rookies, kind of talked about those guys, anybody else on your list, anybody you looking at stashing uh, anybody we kind of missed and didn't talk about uh, that you can think of off the top of your head.
1: Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I think someone that we didn't mention, I mean, he was a very popular waiver wire guy. So obviously a bunch of content out about him, but um, I thought Kyron Williams looked pretty good, to be honest. I, I think in watching that game, he just looked better than Cam Akers. Um, and not only did he look better, but he played more. So I think the combination of those two things, if that can stay true moving forward, is a very good sign for him. Um, so I think that was a good thing to see. Another thing I loved what I saw was Tajay Spears basically matching Derrick Henry's snap count week one. Week one that happened, not week 12, not week 13, like week one. I was watching that game and, you know, third downs, Tajay Spears was in. Hurry up, Tajay Spears was in. Shotgun, Tajay Spears was in. He was everywhere. Now, the Titans offense looked atrocious. So if they can get anything together, I think Tajay Spears could become a very usable player. Um, But I was just very surprised at how much they used him already.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I was I figured he would get in the mix. I did not think it would be this much this early. So maybe it's one of those things they're trying to get Derrick Henry a little less carries during the early part of the year, see if they can get him to last all season. Uh, but I thought I thought that was definitely interesting. And it shows if if Henry goes down, Tajay Spears is gonna be a possible RB one if that offense doesn't just completely fall apart. Another guy that I liked, um, I thought it had a really good showing and and was Roshan Johnson for the bears. So the bears did not play very well, but when Roshon got, was in the game, you noticed him, you noticed him. He had five carries for 20 yards and a touchdown and an 11 yard run was as long. He had seven targets out of the backfield, six catches, 35 yards. So not a ton of yards on the catches, but the bears, you know, they didn't open it up much. They didn't throw deep much. They didn't do a lot of other things. I mean, Roshan. I think he's going to, I like Lou Herbert. I like Foreman. I think Rochon's going to end up taking that job sooner rather than later. So he was a guy you know, that I thought kind of stood out. Um, I thought he would be good. I didn't think he would look this much better than the other guys this early in the year. Yeah. It,
1: it'll be interesting to see how they start to phase him into the offense more. Um, the one thing that, I'm a little tentative to just anoint him as maybe as good as his stat line looked is that a majority of his touches came basically when they were losing by 20 something points. Whereas the first half, it was basically Khalil Herbert and then Deontay Foreman was the second guy. Like Deontay Foreman was the second guy off the bench. So Roshan really wasn't in until the third guy and them being down by 20 points. So, Not to say that can't change. You know, most rookies get worked in slowly, um, but we'll just have to monitor it. Um, But that Bears offense did not look great, and their defense did not look great. So we'll see if they can turn any of that around in Chicago. But I wouldn't love what I saw from any of those weapons, really. But I agree. Roshan made some plays when he got on the field. So if he can stay on the field, then I think he could be a productive player.
0: Another guy I want to keep an eye on uh with the Deontay Johnson injury, not technically a rookie, but basically playing his rookie year because he missed his whole rookie season with an injury, uh, was uh Calvin Austin for the Steelers. Small guy, but a ton of speed. Uh guy is a punt returner. They use him a lot of ways, like to give him the handoffs, do different things with him. I'm not sure that they can figure out how to use him productively. But with no Deontay, I have a feeling he's going to get in a lot more uh, wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets than he would have before. He ended up with six catches, 37 yards in the opener. Um, You know, not crazy numbers, anything like that. But he's a guy I want to keep an eye on. He's maybe a stash or somebody on the waiver wire that I'm going to keep an eye out over the next couple weeks and see if if it is – him that they move into with DeAndre Johnson out, or whether that turns into just a bunch more targets for Allen Robinson and, and uh, George Pickens, but he's the guy I want to keep an eye on um, as well.
1: I was going to say, man, if you were telling people to go pick up Allen Robinson, I was going to turn my camera off. I was not, (laughs) I was, I was going to be gone in two seconds. If you were like, there's this guy I really like on the Steelers. His name's Allen Robinson. (laughs) Um, But with that being said, I did pick up Allen Robinson in a deep league just as a zero fab guy, because like you said, someone might get some more catches there with Deontay Johnson missing because Deontay Johnson is their most targeted receiver. So Mm. these targets are going to go somewhere. And um, I wouldn't call myself a Pickens hater. I I do believe I think if he learns some more skills, I think he could be a really good player. But he's never going to be a 30% target share kind of guy. I think Pickens' role is going to stay the same. I don't really think he's going to change what he's doing. So there may be some more targets to go around. Um, I think the biggest beneficiary may just be Pat Fryermuth, who just... I I don't think he's ever going to be a top three tight end because it's so hard to be that, that good at the tight end. But, man... I just love watching Pat Fryermuth play, man. That dude just plays football. That's that's all I'm gonna say. That guy, he took that hit, he went to the sideline, he came back in, he scored a touch. Like he just looked like a football player and a great Pittsburgh Steeler. And Kenny Pickett obviously likes him. So I think Fryermuth is could get, you know, if he could get a couple more targets, he may ascend even a couple more in the tight end range.
0: Yeah, I definitely think he's got a shot to be a top a top five tight end for the next couple of years in a row. Now, does he get to the top three? Like you said, I don't know if he'll ever get enough target share for that. But I, he's just a guy I love. I I think his skill set. You know, we talk about. You know, he's put up si- over sixty catches and seven hundred yards in his first and second years. So I mean, those are just extremely extremely productive first and second years for tight ends, and he wasn't even in good offense either one of those years. So now they can actually get the offense put together. Now, that's a big if. I, I liked what I saw in the preseason, but obviously they got hammered by the Niners. I also do think that people are underestimating the Niners. I think that might legit be the best defense in the league. They are yeah. really, really good. Yeah. So, I- so I, I as a Steelers fan, I'm, I it's a it's a tough loss, but I'm not gonna totally you know take everything and be like, oh, we're totally screwed. We're done for this year. Just because we got beat by my pick was for that. I've actually picked them to win the NFC and get to the Super Bowl. So I can't can can't completely lose, you know, lose it over it when you're saying, hey, well, we lost to probably one of the top two Super Bowl contenders in the NFC.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, there were kind of two games, one from each conference, or not each conference, but one team from each conference where it happened to. And that would be the you know, the Cowboys-Giants game and the Steelers-Niners game, where it's like we had a lot of hope and a lot of hype on the Giants and Pittsburgh offenses thinking they may take a step forward this offseason. And I think I think both can be true. I think they had bad games, but I think they just ran into just absolute buzzsaw defenses that I don't think it really mattered. And I think both teams are just gonna forget what happened. And I think the Steelers and the Giants are gonna look a little more like what they looked like down the stretch last year. Um, but I don't know if they're gonna, you know, ascend to be these top offenses, but even small improvements could could be beneficial for both offenses' weapons.
0: I appreciate you. Come on, on Sam. I think that's gonna about do it for us talking about the, you know, the rookies. We're gonna obviously come back throughout the the year, hit up some different areas every week talk about that um obviously be looking for when uh thursdays usually thursdays or fridays when i come out with my gambling wise for college games and nfl games So always check that out sam i appreciate you coming in kind of breaking down week one and the rookies with me let everybody know where they can find you
1: yeah check me out on x you know at where's waldorf Um happy to talk got a couple shows every week as well please tune into all of our shows and uh we just want to help you win, man. So thanks for having me on, JT. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at JT Orange on X. Uh, hit me up on anything on there. If always check out the stew, all kinds of stuff here. But. Dynasty Pro's football YouTube channel and, and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We've got all kinds of content on there. We've got shows going, multiple shows going on a week. You can see me every Tuesday on the Debbie Show. So if you're into Debbie, a college football, we talk about all kinds of college football and Debbie stuff on every Tuesday. So check that out. If you're an IDP guy, uh, look for me on Fantracks. I have a new Tracks article every Wednesday on IDP and then also my rankings, IDP rankings and writings on dlf so make sure if you're an idp guy check that out hit me up online and i will be happy to speak idp with you again thanks sam for joining us you've been watching this too may all your strap picks hit and the trading never quit check you guys later thank you Uh, you up on trades and why you move, you ain't designed to lose Find you jumping over seemingly nothing Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch Can drop release, we started with the mock draft and now we making a lock.